You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. With me this week is Jack DeVries. What up? Greg Miller is here. <laughs> Paul Moriarty is yep. here. Joining us for the first time is Stephanie Lee. Thanks, Damon. Thanks uh, for having me on. Uh, of course. Uh, welcome yeah. to Game Scoop. One of the newest members of editorial here. Stephanie is on our guides team. Yep. She uh, works on guides with Mark Ryan and Sam Claiborne. What are you working on? Dragon Age 2 still? Still Dragon Age 2. But I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping it up right now, and I'm going to be moving on to a new exciting project soon. Oh, my goodness. I don't know that if is, I'm allowed to say that. It's very exciting. Mm. Uh, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Favorite game of all time? Uh, it's, that's a tough one because, you know, I, I have a tendency to split up all my, um, my favorite-tisms into little categories. Okay. So off the okay. top of my head, like, Probably Metal Gear Solid 2 is close to one of my favorite games of all time. You don't, like, have to, you don't have to try and impress Greg Miller in here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the gameplay, the, the gameplay is impeccable. Yeah, you know? the gameplay is awesome. The story so, is completely Yeah, horrible. that's off the top of my head right now. Is yeah. this a dream? <laughs> favorite, favorite console of all time? I'd have to say PlayStation. The original PlayStation. The original PlayStation. Wow. Was, was, I, I had a conversation with uh, Colin about this. Like That was like the quintessential period for JRPGs, and that was like my thing back then. Like All I played was JRPGs. And all most of them were came out on the on the PlayStation. They were all like stellar stellar titles. Yeah, it was a good time. Yep. What's your earliest gaming memory? <sighs> so I'm really thankful that my cousin um, introduced gaming to me because otherwise I wouldn't have been exposed to gaming. I'm an, I'm an only child, oh, and uh, my parents cool. are very traditional, so they would not have um, introduced me to gaming. So my first experience was uh, when my cousin brought over the Super, Fam- Super Fam- Famicom, and I played Street Fighter Two Turbo on it. So they actually then, had the Japanese console? Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. cool. So, cool stuff, yeah. Lots of stuff to talk about this week. Mm. We're going to talk about new uh, zombie mode coming to Black Ops next week. We're going to talk about some Portal 2 DLC, Skyrim, Outland released this week on mm, XBLA yes. and eventually on PSN. Yeah, maybe one day. We'll see. Right, right, right? <laughs> oh, God. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. But I want to start out talking about an IGN article, actually, that oh. went up yesterday, uh, written by Jack DeVries. Huh. This, is this my top 10 T-Rexes? Yes. Yeah. Very controversial article, actually. <laughs> as, as the world knows, this is Dinosaur Week on IGN. <laughs> yes, yes it is. Uh, you wrote an article yesterday as part of, part of Dinosaur Week. Yes. Now, in, yeah. well, it was, right? It, 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 was, it, uh, it was something that we were going to do yeah. anyway. Yeah, it was it true. Was, it fit in nicely with Dinosaur it Week. It dealt with Yoshi, and Yoshi is a dinosaur, so, so. we figured, why not? So, now... Help me remember what the headline, what the name of this article is. I'm Jack DeVries, and I don't like gays. Yeah. <laughs> it is um, the, the series of articles, uh, the series of one right now, is uh, called Fake or Gay. Mm-hmm. 
And this episode was about Yoshi and Turok, so it was the subtitle was Yoshi and Turok. So I I thought like the uh, the information in the article actually dealt with some really interesting stuff about Yoshi, about what what the character was originally intended to be by Nintendo. He actually has some sort of vague sexuality details. Yes, like, yeah, he so, is apparently yeah. dating Birdo, and we don't even know if Birdo is a guy or a girl. Who's- Transgender, right? Yeah, so Birdo, Birdo is... <laughs> I, stumbled, I stumbled over some syllables. I'm sorry. Okay. Transgender. Yeah, I gotta Birdo, shake off the rust here, Damon. I haven't been on a scoop in a while. Birdo is, is technically transgender. She, she is a male who prefers to be a female. So and that's, identifies that's, as a female. And that's canon from Super Mario Brothers 2. Yeah. Instruction manual. Yeah. The instruction manual. The, the character description. I, which I don't remember from, or at least I don't remember making, a, or thinking it was a big deal back in the day. No. Yeah. When because I read the instruction book. Because it's not. Because I used to read, I was, I used to be like Jim Riley. I used to read every instruction manual from front to cover before I played the game. But, so what's the gist of this article? The Jack? gist is, um, so I, I wanted to take uh, rumors about video game characters and um, whether or not they're gay. Because that kind of like, just comes up and people say things like, "Oh, this character's gay because of whatever," and so. And I wanted to actually like find where those rumors started and look at them, and then really just decide like whether that was true or false, whether it was fake or whether they were actually gay. So, so I took two of the more common examples, which is the Yoshi and Birdo pairing, and went through and did and did my research. Found the manual, found uh, went and translated Japanese Nintendo websites that like refer to Birdo as Yoshi's boyfriend. Um, <laughs> like, when, and like did, did a bunch of research and, and like kind of like found that out and was like, Oh, okay. So this is like all based on fact. Like they are a couple, like Nintendo has made them a couple and they've admitted that Birdo is, is actually male. They like a lot of people kind of like stumbled over the transgender part because I, I was like, Oh, Birdo's a dude. But um, the, because she hasn't like, they haven't, ever like really address that issue they kind of dance around it and a lot of people kind of feel squeaky about that but but like technically did that and then i labeled that situation as queer which is the technical term describe that because it's not officially gay you can't say that someone who's dating someone who's transgender is gay that's not what that is it's something else and right now what that something else falls into is the queer category which has kind of been a more recent term that's been appropriated but that's but a, that's a term that is accepted by the transgender community by by the lgbtq okay. community it. is now officially that is what that community is called and so huh. so yeah like i i mean that was where that fit in i didn't want to like you can't say i mean yoshi's not transgender and i wasn't talking about birdo specifically i was talking about yoshi and i was like yoshi's situation because birdo hasn't gone through like any surgery that i know so it's still technically biologically male. You know, this is totally, like, tricky stuff. So I just was like, all right, so, like, queer. Like, and I said, this is kind of, like, weird. Like, there's not a lot of information, but that's kind of, like, it's it's enough to, to kind of put it in that category. Mm-hmm. And then Turok is not gay at all. Lame. <laughs> yeah, what was the Turok thing in there? There was the, a storyboard a, of him kissing a dude. There's an official storyboard um, of, like, one of the last cutscenes in the game. Right before he goes panel, off to right fight the you, big boss. The boss, and he... um. And he's arguing with the other guy who's telling him not to go. And then they just have a panel in the storyboard where they just – they make out. Like arms around each other's necks, like make out. And then he runs off. And then like right on the panel, it's like, oh, like panel removed from game. <laughs> and, stuff. and so it kind of like sparked this debate on the internet about whether like uh, like Disney like edited it out and stuff and didn't want it in there. And I like looked into it. Would you have liked the game more, Greg, if that scene had been in there? <laughs> it would have been – it definitely would have been more memorable. Yeah. It ends on a very <laughs> flat note and it would have been I, – I mean I'm totally <laughs> – I totally would love to see some strong gay characters in games. Mm-hmm. So oh, to have absolutely. that, to have played through this totally like, oh man, I'm stabbing dinos in the head, and you get, the, I would have been like clapping. And I'm like, this game is still not that good, but that was a very interesting maneuver. And now I'm interested in Turok as a character. Yeah, it would have it would have made it more memorable. But but ultimately, I, I I mean like I went through and started playing some of the game and watching the cutscenes, and it that would have come out of nowhere. Yeah, There's totally, nothing to ever totally. do if he just like leaned in and kissed him. Like I would expect Slade to punch him in the face. Like that would just have been the reaction, not to not to kiss him back, but because uh, there was no romantic tension at all in the game. In fact, they don't even like each other. Um, so That's like, I was like, started though. Yeah. So I was like, Look all right. Now. So this one, this can't, one's fake. Can't keep our lips apart. No. Right now, even. <laughs> Turok, fake. Yoshi, not gay but queer. 
But yeah. Is that is, is what we arrived to at the end of the article? At the end of the article. So you put this article up and you received universal praise. Everybody was like, awesome. From the internet. They were like, thank, thank you for uh, having such a well-written and sensitive article about <laughs> the gay community. Um, no, uh, <laughs> there was quite a bit of backlash. A lot more. I honestly actually thought that it would be a positive response. We've kind of, I've been a... Uh, Kind of inching my way out of the closet here at IGN for, yeah, for about well, a year now. Publicly. So yeah, we know this. This is an important detail. Publicly. This is an important yeah. detail of this story that I don't think a lot of people realize. Right, a lot of people didn't realize because I don't blatantly say it at the beginning of the article. I hint at it, but clearly not enough. Um, that well, Perez I, Hilton seems straight, so like I can see totally why that right. reference would be lost at the beginning of the article. Well, people right. thought I was like Paris Hilton. Yeah, definitely, definitely the UK did not get a Perez Hilton reference. UK, so the UK confirmed does not know who Perez Hilton is. Yeah, that, that became apparent. Um, but yeah, so so I'm gay. Surprise. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, so the and I've been kind of like testing the waters of that, and I've gotten a lot of really positive responses from a lot of our listeners and our readers and stuff. Hmm. So I thought, I honestly thought that this would like go over well. That like people were kind of ready to like have these conversations and just kind of like be able to read this, but that didn't seem to happen. Hmm. And I think a lot of the, what, so what do you think people were upset about? The, I mean, they were upset about let's, everything. Let's, let's be, let's be, <laughs> let's, let's put this into perspective here. I was reading all the comments. There were a lot of positive comments. A lot of people are, did think it was funny. I've, I've gotten a lot of really positive tweets. I've gotten positive emails. There have been a lot of people who actually, mostly people in the gay gaming community who, who understand what happened and what this is, who, Responded really positively and want to see more of this stuff and, and are really excited that IGN would post something like this. And then you had the people who were upset. Yeah. And then the people who liked the article were defending it in the comments and there's all, there's all this back and forth going on. Right. Yeah. I think I think um, the I think the tone of the article kind of threw people off. I think they were expecting it to be a joke article, whether it was by the the title that is kind of a joke title. But but mm-hmm. uh, so people kind of were confused that. That like they're like this isn't funny at all, and I was like, you're right, it isn't funny at all. It's it's lighthearted, but like it wasn't. It's not a gag. It's not a lol gay joke, and I think that kind of threw a lot of people off. Do you think it's because just a lot of people have that knee jerk reaction? A lot of people just don't will not accept that you can talk about sexual ori- orientation in a humorous way at all. So if you're ta- if you're even making light of it in the in the slightest sense, then that's offensive. It it kind of seems like that. There are definitely some people out there who. Uh, don't don't want to hear about it unless it's because I didn't want to come out of the gate like with kind of our first big article as a, this heavy handed. This is serious business. We should like we need to figure out if Yoshi is gay <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or some bigger thing about gay rights or like or like the misrepresentation or something. I didn't want to like do that yet. I think that still needs to be said. But like you know, I want to. I like I don't like being serious. You know me, Damon. I know you. Yeah, yes. I haven't written a serious article in my life. <laughs> well, let me say let me say this about the article, if I may. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought first of all, I thought the article was really funny. I sit next to Jack, so I read it. I was like two sentences, and I'm like, I really love this particular sentence that that about Square that I think that you made right, or, or no, no, ja- ja- yeah, Japanese people. Um, and uh, I thought it was like, really funny. Like, like, yeah. Someone else with this article. <laughs> no, it's really funny. Like, I, I think the point is, is that like. Uh, you know, I think pretty much everything is open to to being you know made fun of and, and ma- made light of. I think that people are like nothing way, is sacred. Yeah, yeah. W- w- people are way way too sensitive. You know, like way way too sensitive about just about everything. And I think that that's like really lame. And uh, I, I should I applaud Jack whether he was gay or not for writing that article because I think it's I think it's a, just a funny article and it's supposed to be funny. People take things way too seriously. And I think it's just I don't know. I think it's kind of silly. Anyone who was really upset about that, it, it, Jack and I actually talked about this. Anyone who's upset about upset about that, especially a straight person who's upset about that, is actually demeaning gay people, and and I, I like because they don't need you to defend them, you know, like like I, I don't know. To me, it's like why are you being upset? Why why are you upset if you're if you're straight and offended by this piece? That doesn't really make any sense because no one's asking you to defend you know another group of people from something Jack wrote. But I can see people who would be that way. Like I you know I try to be you know very pro gay when it comes up because there's so many listeners out there who live in a part of the country or readers or whatever who are in a very anti-gay like I watched mm-hmm. the real world the other day and oh my god the homophobia on there was disgusting like these people were so oh that so bent out of is, shit well, cause this messed gay up. porn you, you're a liar you get out of my house blah blah and like scream this one dude writes a letter for no reason like I just wanted you to read this and it's like I want you out of the house like what you, f off whatever but 
I can understand somebody who read the article and didn't understand where Jack was coming from, passes by the Perez Hilton, and then, like, you know, at some point you, like, you, like, you said something about poofs or something. And I got items about that. I was like, why is this guy saying that? I'm like, it's Jack. What do you care? He's like, I don't know Jack. I'm like, well, there's your problem. Like, if you, if you knew Jack, like, when you read that article and we know Jack so well, I think it's very easy to fall in and hear Jack talking. That's a, you know, mm-hmm. a very a right. Jack yeah. comment statement. And I think that's where if we, if we miss something, setting it up, that's all it was, right? It's like setting up what was going on. And so I think it would be easy if you're glancing through this article and these are the call-out words you're seeing and you don't understand where it's coming from or who the writer is. That's when it would be like if I was just a straight person somewhere – reading this you know thing and it's, I'm seeing you know it being like oh this poof or that or blah 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 then I can understand people trying to get defensive but it's the same way you're know. saying that people are too too sensitive it's just I, I don't know to me it's just it's just frustrating because you know there's a difference between being like a bigot and then just making a joke and there are, for instance plenty of comedians like Kathy, Kathy Griffith for instance who is like openly is like my gays are in the audience and all that and everyone's like yeah it's awesome it's funny but like like why is she allowed to do that but like Jack's not allowed to to like write Jack's it up say that say but- something gays in the audience <laughs> hey my gays in the audience but you know you know what I mean, love, you know what I, mean? I, I just think there's a lot of there's like a lot of double standards and people are always looking to be upset about something and that was just a thing on the internet and that little in our little corner of the day like you know where everyone was like oh this is what we're gonna be upset about and the internet's gonna explode and everyone's gonna complain no one's gonna read the piece uh, for instance I found I I just put your you the URL of the article into Google and searched for, you know, whatever, whatever was mm-hmm. being out there. And I found uh, a thread on a competitor's website, a forum, on a forum. So it wasn't an official thread saying IGN hates gay people. Aww. And then just posted the link. And then I just went through the entire thread. Half the people were like, nowhere in there does it say IGN hates gay people. But then other people were like, big, you know, can't spell it without IGN. IGN, you know, like all the like without even reading it. Just like it's like more and more, it just spins out of control. Meanwhile, if you just read the article and realize it's just supposed to be funny, and whether a straight person or a gay person wrote it, it shouldn't be a big deal. It's a joke. You know, I, I don't, I don't understand why everyone has to be so sensitive and upset about everything all the time. It, it's, it's obnoxious. Here's something. Here's something I believe. Maybe tell me if you disagree with this or not. You cannot offend someone unless you're trying to. If offense is not intended, it's called a misunderstanding. Hmm. Amen. I, like I absolutely yeah, agree with okay. you. I absolutely Jack, agree with you. Your article offended me on this level, and I think you did it on purpose. Is you left out <laughs> a very interesting stereotype that was in there. So you talk about Birdo being transgender, but you don't talk about Birdo spitting eggs out of his mouth. Now I've met transgender people, ladies and gentlemen, and they don't spit eggs out their mouth. <laughs> and I would like an apology for the fact that this—I don't know what myth you've heard of transgender people. I can assure you, this is not how it happens. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Actually, the egg thing is funny because that's a lot of the comments were obviously Yoshi is a girl because Yoshi lays eggs. And I was like, Berto spits eggs. Also, they're fake. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what's you know what's the status of this now, Jack? Is this ongoing or, or have people moved on yet? Or? It seems like it seems like a after by by yesterday evening it kind of had already started to die down. And actually, um, the negative comments I got stopped like. As soon as it was off of the topic like slot, mm. those stopped, and positive comments kept going. So, like, I think a lot of the backlash is over. Um, I'd like to keep this as a series, though. I think there are a lot of really Agreed. interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think things to explore with this, whether yeah. or not people are ready to hear it. So, I had never I mean, heard the Turok story before, and never seen that storyboard. And neither. Exactly. I, mean, I didn't know the, yeah, I didn't know the Birdo stuff either. Yeah. Do you know what next to tackle for Faker Gay? Um, I want to talk about Kanji from Persona Four. Um, people kind of use him as a uh, as a, an example of a like non stereotypical gay character, but um, actually whether or not he's gay is totally up for debate. So that will be an interesting one to tackle. Keep doing these articles, Jack, and 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 don't let like the internet crybabies out there stop you from doing that. Because I, I, I totally, man, I I think it was well written. It was funny, and people are, uh, as usual overreact to everything. So I think it was awesome. Keep doing it and and. Uh... Congratulations on all the furor that you uh, raised on the internet yesterday. It, it is fun to uh, Google my name and not have Pokemon come up anymore. <laughs> uh, Alright, Call of Duty Black Ops Escalation Map Pack comes out for Xbox 360 next. This is... Uh, now, you're, you're a Call of Duty fan, Stephanie, yes? You did it's, the Rewind Theater, so I assume. Okay, so it's a funny thing, so... I didn't realize I was pegged as a Call of Duty fan, quote unquote, in the office. Uh, I just merely said that, you know, I play zombies mm-hmm. and multiplayer occasionally, like, 
here and there. Okay. But apparently no one else really enjoys playing Call of Duty except for me and Migs. It's so. kind of slim pickings on editorial. <laughs> yeah, Actually, it seems how like how many it. who of us this play people think that we love the game and and overrate oh, it more than every other game. Wait, a blow <laughs> <And> Activision <laughs> IGN. <laughs> So, we have um, some hard, hardcore Call of Duty players yeah. here, but it's like it's Bobby and Bobby. Video and right. Migs and does more feature stuff. In our, in our defense, I think it's because we have to play so many first-person shooters, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be in? I think that's one of the in reasons In my defense, it's because I just don't play multiplayer games online. Like, that's why. Greg's a hardcore singularity player. No, I love it. Really yeah. hardcore. Do you yeah. remember that game, man? It's like I just loved looking at staircases going... I bet 50 years ago that thing was beautiful. But yeah, I still enjoy playing zombies mode with uh, with my friends. So um, well, there's a new zombie mode right. in Escalation, right? Called Call of the Dead, and mm-hmm. this seems to be like the big, the most exciting part of this content, right? Because there's four new multiplayer maps, and then this Call of the Dead zombie level, right? Because right? they're they're veering away from what they did in the old zombie maps. They're, it's like it's set up to be like a grindhouse theme kind of. Yeah, um, which I think at this point is I think I think it was more of a ripoff of what Tarantino what? and Rodriguez did with Grindhouse, and then but also Sega game. did that. But Sega did that with House of the Dead Overkill, oh, right. Overkill. totally cool. that straight up style. Yeah, yeah. and then now it's style. like, oh, we're gonna do that also with Call of the Dead. It no? works. I want to play that. Like I'm it gonna, gonna, it gonna, seems it's like not even lot. coming to PS3, so I got to take a 360 version home and buy the <laughs> damn map. But I'll do it. So <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I fully understand what it is. I know it's like mm-hmm. it's a new level that you play through, is it, or is it a it's, multiplayer it's, skirmish? It's like cooperative. It's a, it's, what is a, it? it's a brand new zombie map that people who already play zombies can now explore, and it seems to be a lot more expansive than the old zombie maps and, and more wide open. And it's inspired by George Romero, like Godfather of zombie movies. Like he did Living Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, so. Survival of the Dead. Hello, <laughs> Survival of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. That so, was my favorite. Call of the Dead was Stop a very George Romero. <laughs> was a very appropriate title. And then then you've got like this uh, cast of all star cast, an all star cast of uh, people who've been in other horror f- uh, films. So it's an obvious nod to horror uh, fans. Sarah Michelle Gellar is in there from Buffy, Buffy the Vampire. The- Danny Trejo is there from Machete. <laughs> and and oh, Robert England. Michael Rooker. And Michael Rooker from The Walking yeah, Dead. Robert England, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Yeah. So is it a story or yeah, is it you, just... It, that's why it just they say it's a zombie map, but to right. me that sounds like a multiplayer map that you play on. That's why I don't get it. I'm not clear if there are actually going to be story elements, but it looks like it. There there were a few cutscenes. Yeah, that's you know? what I saw too. That's, so, what, that's what makes me want to play it. If it's just more zombie maps. I I right. And then there's actually a few new elements to it. First, like... Um, and I kind of missed these in the, in the rewind there because we only have so much time to go through it. But... Uh, the, the zombies actually look more agile, and you know, in the previous games, they just kind of just like lumber toward you, yeah. like slowly, and then gradually pick up speed. But these were like straight up sprinting at you. They were taking, or they were like taking the zip line down. So they seemed more, they seemed smarter. Yep. And then um, there was another interesting thing, was uh, you couldn't in zombie mode, you couldn't before customize your weapons. And there was, there was one scene where Michael Rooker was holding an HK-21, and it, w- and it wasn't stock. So it looked like he, had, he, uh, he added a scope and a drum mag to it. So maybe... Michael, it, Michael where you get that scope? <laughs> <laughs> they're opening up um, weapon customizations to this, to this new version of Zombies. Greg, did you cool. watch the Call of the Dead trailer? I did. Did you notice what song was playing in the trailer? Yeah, yeah. Do, do you want to party? From Return of the Living it's Dead. Party time. Return, it was a great Favorite nod. Like, hair a, metal track from the Return of the Living Dead. If you haven't Zombie seen Return movie. of the Living Dead, go see Return of the Living Dead. Do you want to party? It's, it's party, party time. time. That's what I'm going to sing tonight when we start partying for my birthday. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if it, uh, well, they won't hear it in time. But we are going out to uh, Eddie Rickenbacker's tonight for Greg's birthday. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Uh, Black Ops Escalation Pack comes out Tuesday for 360, sometime in the nearish future for PS3. Oh, it is coming? I thought it was exclusive. What? Well, I it's thought it was only time to come. All right, then I'll wait. Hopefully, my, by the time it's out, PSN will be working again. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not holding. I'm not holding my breath. They're kicking the generators over there in Foster City. They're getting that. Jeff Rubenstein's turning the screwdriver on the servers. <laughs> do we do we have any update on this, Greg? Is there any new info since? Uh, since they yesterday? are looking into how they will reward you for your. Uh, for the them screwing you over here, uh-huh. and uh, still they said they'll have some functionality within a week. So next week, sometime we should have something back in online privileges. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> if I if I take their uh, their apology gift, could I not sue them? I, I bet there will be. Something <laughs> you agree to? There yeah. will be something. Yeah, class action lawsuit is in progress, so we will see how this shakes down. It's the first be a class very, action very, lawsuit. Very expensive problem for Sony, I imagine. Mm. Well, yeah, their stock tanked like eight percent. Oh, totally! Everybody's picked it up. Yeah. Every, everyone knows. Like, 
Yeah, this is on like you know MSNBC and yeah, it's hit mainstream really mainstream yeah, news yeah. news media outlets that report on. Has anyone else here beaten Portal Two? I have. Yes. So I beat it last night. Yeah. Thoughts? God. Well, so I love the game. Yeah. One of my Wait, favorite spoilers, games. I haven't even no, no, yeah. Yeah. Totally okay. not going to spoil right. anything. Totally not. Back. <laughs> <laughs> totally added it to my list of favorite games of all time. It was so 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 good. I agree with that, yeah. And yeah. really of all time. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. And. The way the the final boss fight ends is so cool. Yes. Yeah. So so it cool. It was so unexpected. Like yeah. I looked ahead at trophies, and there's a trophy called lunacy, and I was like, I don't know what the hell that's gonna mean. You know what I mean? Because like so cool. They've all piggybacked off each other somehow, and when you have it, it's like, okay, that was awesome. Cool. That was so awesome. spoilers. That I finished the single player. I gotta play the co-op now. And uh, but now we found out today that Valve has a free DLC coming this summer. Very imaginatively called DLC number one. Mm. Wow. This content. Can't wait. Uh, it's going to contain uh, new test chambers, leaderboards. Hmm. For time, cool, I guess? Yeah. Maybe. Just a little yeah. time like runs? For, speed runs? Yeah, speed runs. They already have that in the game? That's, that's interesting. You they don't you, have it, no. You think that would, that would be something that would be built in just to see? But it's coming for free. Oh, so that's oh. pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a free content update. And there's going to be single and multiplayer challenge modes. Cool. So nice. that's all. That should be very cool. Maybe I'll play it with a video walkthrough because I'm awful at it when PSN comes back on. I haven't turned my PlayStation 3 on. Our own Sam Claiborne is working on many of those right now. I need I need it. Well, we, we've been over this a million times. The Adventure of Lolo, <laughs> Nightmare, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> so, but I, I, I do want to play it. I want the trophies anyway. I need to catch up with Greg. So I was, I was, pro- like, I don't know. You know, I don't know if people have talked about the difficulty in Portal Two as compared to the first one. I was really proud that I played through all of Portal Two without lo- looking up any solutions. Wow, me I too. was like, yeah, yeah, me too. That was but a, see, and, I, and that's I, what I was trying to figure out, Damon. I was trying to figure out if it was easier if they dialed yeah, it down, I don't know, like, or if it was just the fact that now I could, I had already wrapped my yeah, head around like Portal Two once. You know right? how to, you know how to approach the problem. Yeah, like You're I remember, smarter. I remember in Portal One, like I at some point in the game, forgetting like you know that the height you jumped into a portal mattered. And so, like, that was where I was getting caught up on one of the puzzles the first time, whereas that never really happened here. Even though there was one section that it was a good 20, 30 minutes of me just walking around, like, looking oh, yeah, like, yeah, doom, 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 doom. yeah, more no, than once I did yeah. that. I was totally stumped. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured out. The, I think that, like, the puzzles themselves don't... They feel easier, but there are so many more elements to the games now yeah. that, that, like, there's more to wrap your brain around. So I mm-hmm. feel like that because they added so much more to it, they don't get as... Uh, complex is the yeah, first one. Because they have all the gels and all that stuff. Yeah, because there's all these other things you have to do anyway. When you have like two different gels in your level, you're like, oh, I gotta figure this out. Like so, so having some random like, you need your portal this inch over here, like, yeah. to make it all the like, And it seemed like they got around stuff like that. Whereas like in the first game, it seemed like I'd be trying to move the block, and the block would get caught on the other side of the portal or something. Like goofy little things like that. I never ran into where I felt like I was having mechanical problems. Yeah, it was yeah. Cubes are smaller this time. Yeah. Is that what it was? It felt like they were smaller, mm. like the little like laser ones, not mm. as big mm. as like a companion cube. Yeah, great game, fantastic game. Required playing, uh, listeners. You must play this game. Uh, Colin, a couple weeks ago, maybe mm. two or three weeks ago, now you got yeah. to see Skyrim. I did, and your impressions were. Uh, that game looks awesome. Yeah. It's very exciting. Now, you played the holy hell out of Fallout... Fallout uh, 3, yes. And 3 New and New Vegas. Yes. yes. So, um, and, you uh, like these kinds of games. Uh, I do. Um, and, yeah, so Charles, Anyet, and I went to Utah, the great state of Utah, to see uh, Bethesda Holla games. at our Utah listeners. Yes. It, Tell me a bit of Utah's history, Colin. Uh Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, first of all, Utah is an absolutely gorgeous state. A gorgeous state. You were so, in, in Park City? We were in Park City. We landed in Salt Lake. Salt Lake's just absolutely beautiful scenery everywhere. We went up to the mountains. The air is very thin in Park City. I had a perpetual headache the entire time I was there. I bet there. it kind of looks up in the mountains. I bet it kind of looks like Skyrim. That's why they had, yeah, I think that's why they had it there. Actually, I was talking to some of the guys that were working on Rage from ID, and they were like, we have no idea we were here. And then we got here, and we're like, oh, Skyrim. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, it made, it made sense when we were there. Snow, snow-capped mountains and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, and the dragons. And the dra- yeah, there's dragons up there. You don't see them too often, though. Um, and so, yeah, we were amongst the, we were in the very first group of people to ever see the game outside of Bethesda. So that was pretty. That was pretty cool. Um, we got an hour long demo from Todd Howard, um, who is obviously one of the heads of Bethesda Game Studios. He worked on Fallout Three and Oblivion and all those games. He's been. He there reports for, he, to uh, Dave Clayman, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the chain of command. He's been there for like twenty years. He's worked on like everything that they've done, like that we know about um, in the last twenty years. And so he played the game. It looked really cool. It's beautiful. Um, it 
plays really well. The animations are much more fluid. Uh, it's very vibrant. Um, uh, the characters, the NPCs are really alive and stuff. The game's like really cool. Then we had an hour with him to ask him a bunch of questions. So that was cool too. Did you play Oblivion? Uh, no, I didn't. So uh, Oblivion came out in 2006. That was during Colin's uh, college poor time. So <laughs> the only games I really got to play with rare exception, I bought like games that I really wanted, but I played games that I was freelancing for IGN for guides. Um, so my, my roommate Doug had the game, and so I watched him extensively play it, but it wasn't a game. And, and honestly, I wasn't really even into Western RPGs when that game came out. Fallout mm-hmm. 3 was really, or actually, I was into KOTOR, but Fallout 3 was really the game where I was like, and Mass Effect, where I was like, these games yeah, are really fun. for sure. Um, but yeah, so in terms of Oblivion, the game looks much better. It, the animation is much more fluid. For instance, like the, thir- the Fallout 3 is really bizarre third-person animations. Like when you're running around, you're just kind of like running around <laughs> like you don't you look like a moron. That That's kind of fixed. Um, th- what was disappointing about, uh, about the demo was that his character was really buffed out and he had like a bunch of magic and spells and um, and equipment and stuff like that. So he was like fighting and taking a lot of damage in like an, an unrealistic way, I think, for being really early in the game, which mm. is what we saw. Um, so he got, we saw him fight a dragon, for instance, and like he beat the dragon, but that, that seems like it's going to be much more difficult for the normal yeah. player. Maybe listeners don't know that sometimes they'll tune up your... Uh, they like the, they'll beef up the player right. for demos for game demos. So like when people are like when we're playing it, we don't die and have a bad experience this with the game. game. Sucks, it's yeah. too hard. Yeah, yeah. So he had like he had like a bunch of health and everything like that. But it was just really cool. Like he was collecting side like he was going for side quests. Uh, he went into this town instead of people just like standing there, like you know being in a store. Like they're actually doing things. So like the lumberjacks like sawing wood. If you w- wait there long enough, the wood piles up, and then he'll like go and maybe do something with it and go home at the end of the day and stuff. So it's like really like a lot of like the minutia. He goes home and cries. Yeah, he goes home and cries. <laughs> he's like, very like, lonely lumberjack. <laughs> <laughs> like games like that are really all about the minutia. I think that's what you know. Well, I, know yeah, I, yeah. I know you've been playing New Vegas and really liking it. Yeah. I really like New Vegas because, and I think New Vegas is better than Fallout Three because it actually concentrates more on the minutia of what makes everything so interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they're trying to uh, evolve on that, and it's really neat. Um, and also, they were saying like you know. Uh, one of the big problems in a game like Fallout 3 or Oblivion is like if you kill someone, you can't get that side quest anymore, for instance. Like you have to be really careful about how you treat people. But um, the one side quest we saw was a store clerk asking you to like go find his son or something like that. But if something happens to the store clerk, his wife or something takes over and then you can get the side quest from her. And so like there's a lot of ways yeah. for you to make sure that you don't like you know screw anything up, which is really nice. But the game looked really fun. It's definitely the game. I was more excited about Rage until I saw Obl- – uh, not Oblivion, until I saw Skyrim. And I was like – this might be one of my most anticipated games. It just looks like yeah. I, it's one of those games you're going to lose like 100 or 150 hours, and I imagine. So I'm super excited about it. You guys should be really excited about it, too. I'm not too excited because I'm going to be doing a guide for it. Yeah. Probably. That's your, that's that would have been, 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 <laughs> been a Colin joint. would have been Colin joint. The Dragon Age 2 would have been a Colin joint, too. So it's definitely well, I mean, joint. It's, yeah, it's, it's okay, though. I mean, it, as, long as, the, as long as the game really immerses me, then it, it's not going to be too much of a problem. I, Dragon Age 2 didn't impress me too much, honestly. It started out okay. Then I got kind of bored. Well, the original Dragon Age didn't yeah. impress me either. So, um, Greg Miller's not excited for Skyrim. Nope. nope. Fuck dragons. <laughs> wow. God, I tell you, medieval times so goddamn boring. I'm watching the Game of Thrones though. I'm enjoying the Game of Thrones. What? What? Well, why? Why that and not Skyrim? There's yeah. a lot of sex in Game of Thrones. A lot of naked people. There's a lot of <laughs> blood. And may stuff. I suggest the Tudors? There's dire oh, wolves. Man. I like these dire wolves. Anyways, though, Rome. After watching yeah. that, it made me want to go play Dragon Age. Try that out. Try the Dragon Age two out again. I tried yeah. Dragon Age one. It didn't work. Started playing this Dragon Age two. I, I wasn't in the. I, it was just. I just finished Portal. Like I finished Portal, took an hour off, and then started the Dragon Age two. So my mind was kind of fried. So I didn't feel like doing the leveling stuff. Like I didn't feel like building out of characters. So Steimer was there, and she was watching me play. So I would just pass the controller off, and she would build the character out for me, and then give me the controller back. Hmm. It still, it still didn't. It still wasn't working for me. Still, still not a big fan. So, just, so you're gonna hold, so Dragon Age two, you're gonna hold against Skyrim. <laughs> no, no. I'm, well, I'm just, I'm just setting it it's up. It's fantasy. If you remember, listeners, I didn't like, I did not like space for a long time. Got over that. Came around on yeah. space to play Mass, Mass Effect. Mass Effect two was great. What about our D and D campaign? Dead Space didn't win you over for space. I don't count that really. I have all these. I, this is what space. I always get yelled at for. I know. Fine. Whatever. Space travel I, doesn't excite me all that much. Okay. Okay. Is that better? That, that do it for <laughs> I you, Jack. So, all sure. right. Dealing with all these dumb aliens. See, you got to make it. You got to make me. Got to make it personal. You got to make me want it. Dead space. Okay. I was there to get my girlfriend, and there were like zombie slash aliens that I'm okay with. That I can wrap my head around and get down. When I'm just, I'm on the Citadel and I got the damn thing. Or, mild response. I don't, I don't like, whatever. There's one of you. There's one of you. Where is everybody? 
everybody else. <laughs> and I don't like I don't like aliens in games because you just make up whatever the hell you want to. It's like when I used to try to draw, just draw an alien. I don't know. You put a circle and a dot in it. And there you go. Dude, Done. That, that's, Ship it. That's the best part about Mass Effect, though, is the mythology they create, the fictional mythology they create about all these fake planets and, and races and stuff. I think that's the best part of those games. Like it's really it's really. Now, now I'm excited to come back to Earth. That's what it's so, about. So I agree with Colin. I, I think the best part of the Mass Effect is like the interaction with your characters and the relationships you build. Totally. With them. I, yeah. I enjoy like the characters I built, like especially in two, right? Like I mean, going on all the quests and everybody getting Jacob's dad or whatever. You know, those that was great. I loved, ha- and I think that's Spoilers. one of the reasons I loved it so much is because it brought in the core element. You know, you had this team that you were right. with and you worked with nonstop, and that was fine. But in the original Mass Effect, when I was just wandering around. No, thank you. So since you like games <laughs> that you can relate to, yeah. you must really be into Driver San Francisco. I cannot wait for Driver San Francisco, Damon. I, I went and saw the Driver San Francisco. Yeah. Everyone knows. we. It's been a year. They, we they saw that They gave us a taste of it at E3 last year. And they're like, take it away. <laughs> Let them walk for it, everybody. We're Ubisoft. We know what we're doing. And we all, oh for a year, we sat around shitting on this game, going, it's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. I'm in a coma. <laughs> the game starts with your character going into a coma, and the rest of the game plays out in your head while you're in the coma. You're in a hospital bed the entire game. But in your head, you're still in San Francisco driving around. And we saw this game, and we were like, what? This is this is, this is terrible. This is not it was even work. sillier than the ride of Green Arrow into space mode and Sean White skateboarding. It was. It was, yeah. And so I went and saw it the other day, put up a preview about it. They, I, I thought since it had been off the radar for so long that I was going to come back and they would have ditched the coma mode. That they took enough flack on the coma. Nope. Coma still, mode. They still have coma mode. It's still the entire game. <laughs> game starts. Hit by a car. Wake up in a coma. And, uh, you wake up in a coma? That's impressive. That's better. When I had somebody proof this article, that's what they kept calling out in the box. Like, I don't understand. I thought he's in a coma. I was waking up in a coma. Uh, is, whoever reviews this, and I'm imagining it'll be me, needs to really, really crack some coconuts together here and come up with some terms that make sense. Anyways, car accident. You're in the coma. You wake up in the coma dream. And, yeah, you have this power where you can go out of your body float around the world of San Francisco, beam into other cars, and take over some, possess someone in the car. So you just drop in on their conversation and start talking and driving their car. Can, can I be honest? Having, having not read or seen anything about this game, yeah. it sounds fucking awful. I know. It, no. Well, see, that's what I thought. That's what we all thought when we saw it last year. But the game, now I see a more polished version in the game, and it's got like that, it's got that like 70s beat to it. Like, did you, does anybody ever watch like Streets of San Francisco, the old Michael Douglas show? Or like, no. what about Chips even? I know that's yeah. more of an 80s thing, but like, you know, that, like that really... Thank you. There you go. Thank you. It's got that like very like telltale. Like it's gonna be a driving crazy thing song in the beginning, and then you get in and like all all of the all of the dialogue is so hammed up. It's so like he you you beam into the ambulance and he goes, "I'm in the ambulance." And like you can you can ask Anthony because we walked over to this demo together and I'm like I have a feeling I'm gonna I'm gonna try not it's gonna be hard not to laugh during this demo and as soon as that happened I started laughing hysterically and just giggled the entire demo <laughs> like then then I'm just driving like it's got the old driver controls of like you know e-brake turns you're fish tailing out and I'm, pedestrians are running away and I'm smashing into walls and I'm just driving around and then all of a sudden I'll just be like well what the hell I'll beam out and I'll be floating over and I'll jump into this little Civic and drive it off a ramp and then I'm beam in out. the Civic. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's like, and then it turns out though this is the other good part so like you're, you do all these like okay so what happens is you're driving you know you, you're doing missions to eventually get out of your coma <laughs> that's, what, that's your objective <laughs> you don't know but there's sort of missions you're doing because you're trying to catch the bad that's guy awesome. in your coma that put you in the coma and there's like there's like billboards what? that are sending you subliminal messages that like change you're like wake up. <laughs> they don't say wake up, but it's just black and it says wake up. And he's wake like, up. So like you know everybody obviously is imagining this coma. You're not have, you're not sharing the coma. So like if Colin's my partner and I'm I'm Tanner, I'm like did you see that billboard? And he's like yeah, it's always been there. I call, and Tanner's like okay, I guess partner. <laughs> and so he discovers he has the power to jump around all these cars or whatever. Oh, so you have to do God. all these little side <laughs> missions where you, you you beam in, you drive the ambulance around, you beam in, you. You're, you, it was this nerd driving, a, uh, getting a test drive in a sports car, right? And then you beam into it, like I know how to drive, and you scare the guy. I don't know how any of this advances, but anyways, you get through all these side missions. You open up story missions. When you get back to the story missions, you have to jump back to your real car. I'm wrapping up. Yes. And when you get there, it turns out your 
you, your body, has just been driving the car around in silence with your partner there. So you beam back, and you're like, I gotta tell you. He's like, oh, so now the silent treatment's over. <laughs> I don't understand what the hell anything's what you're talking about. <laughs> That's so Drive to San Francisco this October, ladies and gentlemen. It's good, gonna be a scene. Good God, what the hell is that game? I don't even understand. Wow. I don't it's, understand it's driving cars, It sounds awesome, actually. And you can beam around. I'm interested, actually. Possess people. That sounds honestly that that premise of that game sounds like something you would make up when you want to make fun of bad games. I mean, like, like agreed. Hmm. Can you it's, imagine a game where you beam around and you're in a coma, but you're not in a coma, and you're awake, <laughs> but you're not talking to this guy with you, but you are talking? This to is him. what Colin got out of your. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the like, funny thing is, he's doing a good job. <laughs> For me, it sounds like someone got high in 2002, and we're like, you know, what my favorite games are Driver Three and Geist. Well, if we just <laughs> freaking like mash them together and just to have it be one game. Yeah. IGN building not in the San Francisco streets of San Francisco, sadly. Not in there. Nope. But only only the big ones are in there. Is Greg Miller's house in there? Nope. <laughs> but I so not the so what ones. happens when you drive by the baseball stadium? There's just not a baseball there. stadium because it's the seventies. Yeah, there's right? just no second street or what? It's a bit turned around. Like oh. you're driving on like the back side of the baseball stadium where you wouldn't be able to really drive. You go down to the sunset hangout? I did not go to the sunset. Is it set in modern day? Yes. Okay. You have hundred and fifty, I think, hundred and twenty real cars. In the coma you're in modern day. But in real life, it's 1985. So he's like, why is a baseball stadium over here? So What's Colin, a cell phone? So Colin, that doesn't sound like your cup of tea. I, I have no idea. I maybe your know. cup of tea is Outland? Yes, Outland is my cup of tea. Out this week on XPLA, out whenever on PSN. Yeah, it's supposed to come out this week on PSN, but who knows. I reached out to Ubi and asked them what the deal with the game was when they thought if they like re- if Sony's been talking to them about when yeah. they might put it out cuz I even emailed you today I, I assume that the schedule is going to be staggered now with all the games that were supposed to come out 2 weeks ago and they're just going to push hope, it yeah. instead of putting everything on the PlayStation network together cuz that's not going to be fair to a lot of the small developers um, but yeah um Outland's really cool. It's from Housemark, which is a, they're a Finnish developer that is best known for their PlayStation exclusives. So it's cool that um, now XBLA fans can play one of their games, and this game is just as good as their other stuff. Um, so they have a pretty uh, good track record. Uh, it's like a 2D platformer action game with um, some like color polarity stuff, like Ikaruga or whatever. Where mm-hmm. so like you you have to use light and dark powers to like get through and kill enemies and solve puzzles and stuff. It's very cool. I gave it a nine. Um, I gave the graphics a 9.5 because I think the game is game is beautiful. beautiful. It's very simple, but it's it's absolutely gorgeous. The color palette's great. Everything about it's really great. So it's a fun game. It's pretty meaty experience. Uh, you probably you could probably spend 10 or more hours with it if you really wanted to do everything, which I think is pretty good for a downloadable game. It's 10 bucks. Yep, 10 dollars, which is a great price. You can play through it all cooperatively. Yep, you yes. can. So Damon and I played it cooperatively. I don't. It's it works and it's fine. There's no latency or anything, but I don't think. I call the game like really cer- cerebral. Like I think the game is like supposed to really take you in, and you're kind of just supposed to be impressed by everything you're seeing. It's like. Um, it's kind of like how I feel about a Resident Evil game, for instance, like where I feel like you need, you should play it alone. Um, so I don't you like Resident suck it, RE5. Yeah, thank you. That's I, oh, I, RE5 sucks. Thank you. Um, yeah, there you go. RE5 is not a Resident Evil game anymore than Final Fantasy XIII is a Final Fantasy game. Um, so. Burn. So well, it's just true. It's like they, they, neither of them are like have anything to do with their actual series. But so like co-op works, and we we enjoyed it. It's fun. It's a fluid game. But I I recommend playing it by yourself. And then there's like arcade mode where you can do like a bunch of challenges and there's collectibles and stuff like that. But it's it's a very good game. I feel bad for my PSN brethren that can't play it because you know we know Housemark. We know Housemark really well. I mean they they did Super Stardust, which is probably the most acclaimed game on PlayStation Network, and uh, they did Dead Nation, which is also a really really good game. So. Um, we know to expect good things from them, and now XBLA fans will also know to expect good things from yeah. them as well. So, sure. yeah. A few weeks ago, Colin, you wrote an article on Mega Man 3. Yes. How you thought Mega Man 3 is better than Mega Man 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't think so. It is better than Mega Man. Okay, sorry. Prove <laughs> it! <laughs> and then this week, we did one of our comic comeback mm-hmm. articles where we give, uh, you know... A lot of our comments that we receive on IGN are mm, less positive than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the comment comeback series is a chance for IGN editors to directly respond to some of uh, the more colorful comments that we get on our articles. We're running a little short on time, so uh, we're only going to do one of these comments here. Greg Miller has a great reader voice. Yeah. So just to com- the year. comment number three at the very bottom of, of here. This is a uh, this is a someone who commented on Colin Moriarty's original article. About and then, yeah, and then we'll give Colin Moriarty a, a chance to respond here in okay. his own time. <laughs> This one is from Sinsco. 
Bullshit! Two is far better than three! More groundbreaking and made bigger moves when it launched! Bet whoever wrote this didn't even own the game! Level Divine is far superior in MM2! Shadow Blade, Snake, Weapon sucked also, and the Dr. Wily stages were a lot worse. Epic fail, IGN. <laughs> that was one of them I really responded to, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, because I, I was like, that. I recognize that. I, I thought it was a comment on the comment. Come back. Oh, I, no, I, I, this okay. is one of the original comments that you responded okay. to. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was the one where I responded that the guy didn't even read the actual piece in which I say Mega Man 2 is a more groundbreaking game. So that's yeah. that's that was one of the ironic things. Obviously, Mega Man 2 is a much more important game, but what I'm trying to say is that Mega Man 3 is the better game, and they're two different things. It's like saying Final Fantasy 7 is the most important Final Fantasy game because it really... It, it, it took the series and made it mainstream and everyone really enjoyed it. That's a lot of people's first Final Fantasy game. But it's not the best Final Fantasy game. Yeah, Final Fantasy 6 yeah. is the best Final Fantasy game. So, <laughs> so, or, or 4. 4 is great too. Um, so uh, these are the kinds of comments, Damon, that annoy me the most because, you know, people see like a title uh-huh. or like just like read a snippet and then they just think their comment's worth anything. So they'll, they'll, like, they'll post it like without having actually read and thought about what they're going to say and then offer something constructive. Because people can say the same exact thing and did say the same exact thing in a more constructive and coherent manner and actually read it instead of saying, you, you know, more groundbreaking and made bigger moves. I, I said that in like the first paragraph. <laughs> I, don't under, I don't understand. Like, well, what, didn't, what didn't you get about that? So yeah. it's um, – I really like these pieces though. I, I do too. I, I hope we They're keep really doing them. Anthony picks out – Anthony Gallegos is the one that picks out these comments. Bless his heart because he has – like I'm sure that's really depressing just reading negative comment after negative comment after negative comment. Well, it's depressing on any article to read negative comment after negative comment after negative comment. But, but we, we have to keep – we have to put everything into perspective that this is a very vocal minority. Um, and, it's true. And uh, that's the way the internet functions. So it's true. It's like that on, on a lot of big – well, some, it's not on, like that on all sites. But man, the funniest site, the funniest site to read is Huffington Post. If, you, if, if no one goes to Huffington Post, it, I always just go to stories and scroll down to the bottom. I don't even read it because the comments on there make ours look like, like the you know what Pulitzer, like? Pulitzer Prize yeah, winning yeah. entries. And it, <laughs> you go to Huffington Post and read the comments there; it's really good. So yeah, I'm sorry I can't respond to the rest of these. That's all right. Uh, gonna give away a code for an iPhone game this week. This is for a game called Air Penguin. Okay, Ooh. good name. Yeah, obviously. Games about birds flying through the air is very popular on the iPhone. Is this like Especially super flightless tux? birds? Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? Is this like Super Tux? Remember Super Tux? Yeah, Super Tux is a very popular penguin game. I actually don't know much about Air Penguin, but I do know it's one of the best-selling games right now. It's like the number one-selling game in the App Store. So, Anyway, here's a code for Air Penguin on iPhone. It is FNT64N6T6EPL. Ah, Colin, you could have made five bucks. I was going to bet you that there'd be a Q in it, but there was no Q. Oh, there's no, no Q. Oh, okay, well. Next time. Uh, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. For listeners, remember you can always reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com, just like David McCreeth did. He says, uh, can I first say how much I love what you guys do? I really do. You never fail to brighten a weekend. Not allowed to say that. Anyway, come E3 time this year, some mates and I want to run an E3 party, but we're stumped for just how to go about it. We have to work day jobs, so we can't just party for the three days of E3. Also, we're in the wonderful land of Oz, and we're out of sync time-wise with the E3 schedule. Can you guys think of any great ideas for what we can do? Read IGN. Well, let's see. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a party. party. Yeah. So what I thought, I see, I don't know what the, the time difference is and everything, but we IGN will be streaming the press conferences live. So like I would, their bedtime. Okay, but I would say like like having a, like a, a viewing party of the press conferences would be a good start, and then you could make a drinking game of it. You know, yes. every, every time. Oh, well, yeah. you, we should make drinking ideas? game rules. Exactly. No, drinking? Jack, Jack, and I are on okay. the same page. Yeah. We, we, Damon told me this story earlier that they were gonna do this. So we, I, what I say is we go around the table and everybody contributes two rules. Like I go, I give you one. Colin gives you one. You know what I'm saying? And we, once we each give on two. On the spot, you want to do you it right have, now. Well, I, I, I told Damon ahead of time. I, I've thought of one. I, I didn't think of the second one. So there's plenty of time. All right. So these are rules for the, the press conference drinking games. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the E3 2000, IGN's E3 2011 official drinking game guide. This can be applied to any press conference, whether it be the Ubisofts, the Microsofts, or the Sonysofts. <laughs> what about Nintendsofts? Sure. All right. Sunsoft. I want to see what Sunsoft. Batman game they've been working on all these years. <laughs> Me too. It's been about 20 right. years since their last game. So my first one, and I'm going to go big out of the gate, okay. is that anytime somebody goes, oh, yes, one more thing, <laughs> you have to take two shots. 
Two shots. Wow. Two shots. That's, that's, that's a pricey that's, one. That's the, end of a pri- yeah. that's the end of the press conference, right? Okay, yeah. So you're going to be taking two shots at the end of every press conference. Yeah. <laughs> Jack. All right. Um, anytime somebody says a bad joke and there's just silence from the crowd, Ooh. you have to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> every time an executive uses some bullshit marketing business term like synergy or vertical integration or social troopers, anything like that. <laughs> I hate that term. <laughs> does, is this, does this apply only to the, the press conference? You can't. What about the people beside you? What do you mean? Like, can you apply rules to them? Like, I, I, this is a, has been a, a rule that never fails in getting people to drink in these drinking games, but any, anytime someone touches their face, they got to drink. Oh, wow. <laughs> sure. Okay. That's, That's, That's the rule. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do my Sony-centric for the first one. When Kaz comes on and goes like this with the Colin's, MGP, Colin's doing it before. Where because uh, he does this with everything. He hold, yeah. <laughs> it, you, everybody's seen this, and if not, look for the, the debut of the PS3 Slim. The PS3. The he will hold it up in, in one hand with the other hand supporting it from behind. When Kaz does this, and he will, whether it's with a new PS3 model or with the MGP, for every five seconds, because he does it for an uncomfortably long amount of time, for every five seconds that he holds it like this, you have to take a shot. Okay. I, like I think that. it can be said for anybody who holds anything. Okay. Yeah. But no one does it quite like he does it. No. Whenever, <laughs> whatever conference you're watching, whenever the presenter makes some underhanded slight at another company, mm. not, not, you know, they never call each other out. It's like, you know, like last year when Kevin Butler came out and made fun of the ponchos. Like people would, oh, mm-hmm. I just see a bunch of, and that was a shot at Microsoft. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. A little underhanded grab. You have to start the beer waterfall. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. friends start <laughs> when you go. oh, okay. You're going clockwise. Well, who starts it though? You're going clockwise. Whoever calls it out. Okay. Whoever's okay. the first to say, oh, that's him making fun of Sony. That's him making fun of Microsoft. That's Cammy making fun of snowboarding. Cammy <laughs> doesn't worry about anyone. I'm sure she's going to come back for this one. They're bringing her back. Yeah, anyways, you, that person then starts the beer waterfall. And everybody's familiar with the beer waterfall. Everybody would bring up a can, start drinking, or soda, whatever you're doing, kids. This was an all-ages drinking game. You start it up, and then you go clockwise. And then, so then as soon as the person before you stops drinking, you can stop drinking. Yeah. And so it's a waterfall. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, anytime any of the people demoing the game accidentally hit pause or oh, fuck up their controls one. or like do anything where they have to go, oh, wait. Peter Moore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, I think it's just a shot for that. Okay. Oh yeah. man, Skyward Sword. Everyone would have been bombed. Yeah, Skyward Sword been last year. Trashed. <laughs> <laughs> Skyward Sword. I would imagine people would be trashed by now with all the rules we've just. Uh, well, this is spread in. out over a three-hour conference. <laughs> for the record, we plan to play it in the audience mm-hmm. during the conferences. Yeah, Greg and I will be we in the Sony conference. Them. We should tape them and come home and do it. <laughs> What's another, what's another gun? I, I got we've g- said so many now. Oh, there's say another one. We're yeah. missing a boring one, Damon. Okay, something to do with the boring financials in the beginning. Well, yeah, I thought Things about that too. Every time they show a graph of like of some boring financial information, <laughs> that you're sitting, starting, just sitting at this like PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, that'd be a good time. Drink until the PowerPoint presentation oh. ends. Oh, that's, oh, a, good that's that, a good one. Nintendo, you drink for twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Any more, Stephanie? Right. No we got a lot of good ones out here. I have okay. one more. Right. I made fun of Sony, so I want to make fun of Microsoft. Okay. When, when they, when Microsoft announces a Kinect game and everyone pretends like they're excited about it, you have to drink. Okay. <laughs> so that'll happen maybe a half dozen times at Microsoft's conference. Because it certainly everyone's like, oh, Connectables! Look at how great that game looks last year. And I'm like, Connectables wasn't bad. Yeah, fucking break. Jack, 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 it was a seven. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. But, but, people did, but people did lose their shit over it. They did. I'm like I, I'm not I'm first of all about the connectables thing last year. I'm totally unconvinced that girl was even playing the game. So well, she that's was, the thing. I think people were just uh, th- they thought she was adorable. Yes! <laughs> she, she may or may not have been the girl. She was them. not the same girl from the Windows Seven commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Definitively proven. Craig Harris, may he rest in peace. <laughs> I think. So. Uh, Francesco Ferreri. Good name. His wow. subject line is Pondering Patapons. It's oh. got a good, a lot of good alliteration with this guy. He says, I'm thinking of picking up a PSP on the cheap, as they are at a great price lately. Having never played Patapon before, hearing Greg rave about it, pretty curious to give it a whirl. But do I start at Patapon 2 or jump in with 3? Now, why is he, why is he saying this? Why is he saying 2 or 3? Why not the first one? <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, two was such a. The first Patapon was kind of all over the place. It was really oh, good. Okay. It, it really left you on your own. The problem with Patapon for the entire series has been them. It's a very, very complicated game that looks really simple on the top. So when people start playing, they think it's just a cute music game, and then there's all this leveling and RPG stuff behind it that gets really confusing. Okay. So, yeah. So two, two or three then? Yeah, three. Just jump to three. Just two or three. three. Three is the best, and if the PSN ever comes back on, it'll have the awesome online multiplayer. 
Francesco continues, as a second game, I'm thinking of getting either Tactics Ogre or Valkyria Chronicles 2. I loved Advance Wars back in the day when I had a DS, and I love me a good RPG too. Tactics Ogre is a very, like, this is a remake of a very classic uh, turn-based RPG. Yeah. yeah. Very, very good, but it's very classic. Valkyria Chronicles is a little bit more modern take on it. Valkyria is awesome. Yeah, we love Valkyria, Valkyria Chronicles yeah. too, yeah. Tactics, yeah. o- Tactics, Ogre, Tactics Ogre is also like a very deep game, so if, if he's going I mean, and expecting an Advance Wars cover, like experience, yeah. he's not going to get it with Cover with all your bases and get both of those games. They're both very good. Yeah, and Final games. Fantasy Tactics. If you've never played Tactics, Final Fantasy oh, Tactics. Jesus. Jesus. Uh, that's Don't on get me PSP, started. and that's, in, that's better than both of those that's games. That's the War of the Lions, is that version? Yeah, yeah. and it's just a God, retranslation so of the, play, the 1998 classic, but yeah, it's, it's uh, that's probably the best turn-based strategy game I've ever played. This is David Dominguez Gadsen. I like that name too. Yeah, uh, these are good names. From San Diego, uh, Jack DeVries. Jack DeVries. 619! I'm 760. Yeah, North County. Ray Mysterio wouldn't even look at you. Yeah. <laughs> David said, Damn. roaming the streets of downtown San Diego, I came across a beautiful sight. A fellow IGNer. Oh, photo. Photo here. Photo evidence here. Uh, oh, oh. oh. Came across, oh, wow. uh, as you can see, the stickers on the bumper of this old Cadillac are clearly that of IGN. Yeah. Awesome. That's we cool. gave those away go. at uh, Comic-Con last year. So they may it... have just been slapped on during Comic-Con. <laughs> 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 those, those are hard to come off. So the Cadillac was parked in front of a building on Imperial Avenue. I wonder, who are you, O oh, mysterious IGN brethren? Well, we'll just read out the license plate. <laughs> 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 uh, we'll be in uh, San Diego in uh, July. Yeah. Coming Comic-Con. back from Comic-Con. We're bringing yeah. the thunder. Might. There's a possibility we might be doing it. We just submitted a panel uh, request there, yeah. so we'll see it, how that goes. It's the first time we've ever done it without going through PR, so, yeah. or our PR, our yeah. marketing people. So we're excited. Well, it's a Knocking Boots podcast. Oh, <laughs> we'll, see if that, we'll see if San Diego Comic Con wants that happening. <laughs> uh, this is Adam Hudson. Very long-time listener, first-time caller. My wife and I listen to your podcast together each weekend religiously. We're both big fans. Just thought I'd send you a photo of the cocktail board I saw last night at the City Hotel in Sydney, Australia. Greg, oh. look at the first cocktail listed there on the official board. Florodoro! <laughs> it's not what it says. It's, it's Florodora. Yes. They, they misspelled it a little okay, bit. Okay, fine. I want them... I'm just saying Australia is dumb and still dumb people who can't spell simple words. O's and A's confuse them. You ever talk to Nas? He doesn't know what he's saying over there. Uh, very good to see that uh, the City Hotel in Sydney is uh, making Florida. The best Florida in Sydney, I've heard. I'm sure. Oh, but did you see how expensive that is? It's like $14. Well, are you getting the exchange rate right? Still, oh, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, inflation, like, bro. In Canadian dollars. I know that games are expensive there. Um, yeah, games are like twice as much there, right, as they are here. Yeah. At uh, Rick House, Florida runs you 7 or $8. That's a good deal. I believe, yeah. Not bad. This is Aaron Scott. Bad he says, no? You don't mundane like that? name for a Two. mundane question, I'm sure. <laughs> Jesus <Wow>. Christ. <laughs> With all the talk from Sony and Microsoft about their current generation consoles, having a 10-year product cycle... <laughs> trying to extend their lives with Connect and Move, do you think Nintendo's plan for the Wii was also a way to extend the life of the GameCube to 10 years, since it's essentially repackaged GameCube hardware with minor tweaks and motion controls? No. Nope? No. Okay. I don't, I don't think, I don't, so. I don't think, <laughs> I think it's an, I think it's an inter- interesting thought. It, it is, but I think you could, it's more logical question ha- with the Wii. To right? be fair, people have now been playing GameCube games for 11 years. Yeah. Well... But I don't think it was like that big. I'm sorry, of a, ten, years, ten years. I don't think it was like that big draw, right? Like it was cool in the beginning because like, oh, cool! I don't have to get rid of Mario Golf. Uh, even though I'm sure they're going to put out a good one of those any day now. Yeah, yeah right. You know, I mean, yeah, like, you, you for that hold one. on to that library. Luigi's Mansion. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. GameCube's library is awesome. I think it's much better than the Wii's library. So it's Great cool library. that you would be able to play it on another system. But I mean, how many people are going to go back? <laughs> and, and you're still going to be played on the next uh, Nintendo console. It's just apparently. Like, what I'm what I'm envisioning is like, what are we going to do with the like the Wii has ports for GameCube controllers, so this new system is gonna have still ports have a port for GameCube controllers. I don't understand. Like, I don't. I don't understand what, what's going on with this particular system. But I guess for it to be backwards compatible with the Wii, it just made sense to make it backwards compatible with the GameCube, since the Wii is just two GameCubes duct taped together. We found out at GDC a few years ago. <laughs> that was, a, that was a, a, an official announcement made at GDC. So. <laughs> see, if I can, if I can open the Wii chassis up for you, you'll see the two GameCubes in the duct tape, a purple one and a black one. <laughs> Uh, Josh Smith. No? Got anything to say? It's not doing anything for me either. <laughs> I wanted well, to write I'm... to get your professional opinion about some things. Recently, I've started writing game reviews for a couple of different websites and have started my own blog. Obviously, I'm an amateur in the watered-down world of game reviews, so I'm not doing it to get 
noticed, but rather because I enjoy it and find it fun. Is the world of game reviews watered down? What does that mean? Uh, yeah, I don't know what that means. I think he means there's so many people out there. Yeah, I think Every, means, everybody I think with an flooded. internet connection. Yeah, that's better. That's true. I'm astonished by how many. So Metacritic aggregates game review scores. I'm astonished by how many scores it will consider. It'll throw in there hundreds of game like none of those. None of those game sites, sites matter. You've never sorry. Heard yeah, of. Sites I'm you've sorry. Never they just they just don't matter. Only like five or six of those sites matter. Anyway. What I want to ask about is your view on article links in the comments section of IGN articles. Recently, because the story, the, a story coincided with something I have blogged about, I linked my blog in the comments section. My blog received the most views it has ever had. I attribute it solely to the fan base of IGN. Today, I linked another article into a story. Made myself feel a little dirty when pushing the submit button. I'm not doing this to leech your readers or inflate my blog's views, but rather to get some contrasting views from your loyal fan base. How do you feel about linking to blogs or articles within stories that IGN has run? If the articles are relating to one another. You should stop being an asshole and blog on my IGN and then link yourself there. There you go. That's true. IGN, we have, my IGN has a really good blog system. I do. I like our I mean, blog. he's technically spamming, like, according to our moderation rules. Mm. I mean, you're not yeah. supposed to really do that. Mm. Uh, but that's totally cool if that's what he wants to do. I mean, if it's relevant, it's more, it's better than the constant spam we have for Air Jordans and such. So. Maybe what surprises me is that people actually click on the link. Yeah, I'm surprised people click I'm, on I'm it. like so like trained to never click on a link in yeah, a, yeah. a comment. How do you know people are clicking on the link? He says they were. He says his blog got more traffic that day. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Air Jordan link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's why I, I would never no click on that one. That's... Uh, back in the yeah. day when I still worked at the Tribune, daily newspaper, I used to come to What's the a... IG boards and uh, put up, hey, I put this news story. Because it, ne- it was never – Hey, I I reviewed this game. It was like, hey, I put this interesting spin on this game you're talking about, and I got like three links up over the a few weeks before finally somebody was like, we're gonna kick you off the IGN boards if you keep doing this. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry, sir. When I started as a freelancer, because I was a board kid first, I would just every time an article went up, I would throw it up on the boards. I'd be like, hey, for everyone, us, for yeah, IGN. for you guys, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, back in the day before. Bot was alive and our everything we were supposed to. We were man, not mandated, but they wanted you to go there and be like, "Hey, kids, they're supposed to this." Well, yeah. And the festival would be like, "Get off of here, <laughs> tits, or get the fuck out." Uh, so it's sounding like it doesn't really bother us, but technically, uh, you're not supposed to. It do doesn't it. bother us, yeah. But I'm sure somebody, yeah, someone upset with that. Yeah, the moderators might get on your case about it, but. Uh, All right. So. You know, we we love our, our listeners. But I'm, I'm afraid that this next email, this this listener is deeply disturbed. Oh, God. Oh. With us? You're not, you're just, uh, you're just not going to believe it. Just read the email and we'll see. We'll see how disturbed. You know, we, we talk a lot, of, a lot about bathroom etiquette. Bathroom oh, etiquette. Yeah. Here on Gamescoop. This is, this Stephanie, hasn't, is, uh, Stephanie hasn't chimed in on this yet. Well, this is not what this, specifically what this email okay, is pertaining to. But normal. this all started with talk of, is it okay to take your drinks into the bathroom? Okay. I say no. Greg says yes. That's, at a, that's at what a crowded... Very loud party, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Now, what do you think? Yes, no? What do you In a crowded loud party? Yeah. What does the, the loudness okay. have to do with okay. it? Right. I'm sorry. I'm trying to set the scene. I'm it's sorry. A- it's very loud in here. I'm going to take my drink into the bathroom. <laughs> I'm trying to be visual. Auto Lee. All right? No, I'm trying to tell people auto Lee what is visually happening. I'm sorry, Damon. So what I think is, I, I don't mind bringing a drink into the bathroom as long as I leave it on the counter and not actually bring it into the stall or something with me. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about like public bathrooms or like a, Oh yeah, we're talking like at a, at a bar. A yeah. crowded, okay. like, loud, so, silent So bar. the grossest right. bathroom is possible. Oh, I'm just saying that like I bring my beer into the bathroom bars all the time. I'm just saying. There you go. I'm not going to okay. leave it somewhere. Right. I didn't want to get into this discussion again. But, <laughs> yeah. okay. All right. Well, yeah, you, you entered, there's new people in the mix. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now we've, we've sussed it out. We already know where you and I stand. Go yes. with the weird person. <laughs> This is Graham Carr. Good name. It's like a Graham Cracker car, and it sounds delicious. He says, hey, chaps. I'm a a UK listener. I wanted to add to the great toilet etiquette debate. I am a 33-year-old senior manager in the public service. Okay. I am married with children. Generally respectable, but I hold a dark, dark secret. Since I started in the world of employment in 1996... I have a ritual of christening the toilets of a new working environment by cracking one off, i.e. masturbating after work hours. I do it within the first week and then not again until I move to a new working environment. My question to the GameScoop crew is, am I the only one? And does this make me a bad person? Yeah, yes and yes. <laughs> I hope that's not his real how name many, because someone's going to figure yeah. out this guy that we're with. How many jobs has he had? 
a lot. Apparently, well, not surprisingly, if you. Why would you? Know. Why would you think that's okay? I don't I, know. I don't, Does he have a fun name for it? Is it like a loose? He's cracking it off. A what? Like, yeah, what'd yeah. you call it? A loose spoo, because he's also a, a loose spoo. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cute. I like, I like this. This is what we're gonna call this officially. Okay. Um, no, I don't know anyone who's ever done that. Does that? I don't. I, shouldn't say I don't ever, know I should anyone say. who's yeah. ever openly admitted that, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, sure people have. I don't like, know anyone who's no, like, yeah, totally we know all the details, the right? <laughs> what do you mean? You, you read off all the details. I read his entire email. All right. I mean, it, it, after after it, work, it needs more questions for me. What more do you need? This to is know? a married. Is he at a urinal? Is he at a toilet? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Is, is that's he, true. Is he aiming somewhere? Is he just going down? Nah, <laughs> is, is he, he cleaning up? Off? Is he leaving? What is he doing? Oh, he says christening the toilets, so it's a, it's at a toilet. Yeah, so but he's probably British. in a stall. I hope so, <laughs> or better yet, not at all. Yeah, yeah. that'd be better. So yeah. he gets it all over the toilet seat for someone else to sit on? That's what, see, that's that's, 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 you know, that's he does it, I hope he doesn't do that. He, say, he does it after work hours, so maybe he's thinking, well, the cleaning people will get it before. Poor, so the oh. poor cleaning people have to clean up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do clean up, like, poo and everything. I mean, I, I, doubt, I doubt a little ejaculate's probably like, well, that's, that's There's got to be a line. So what is going on here? That's who are terrible. the animals who are coming in here <laughs> jacking up? Dude, if I saw, if I just walked into a toilet, like a stall you here. You in. <laughs> you walk in, you can see the feet underneath the door, pants around the ankles, and you just hear the. <laughs> 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 I'm just, I'm just saying, man. Like that's that's. Uh, Bang on the door. What I, are you doing there? That's a ballsy individual to use his real name on a podcast. Say that he does that. He, he described himself. He's got kids and a wife. A, and he's a regular listener. Years old. He says a regular listener since November 2007. Ow. These are, are these are the type of listeners we attract. <laughs> <laughs> I played knocking boots. Yeah, well, we knocking boots wasn't happening in 2007. But. That's brazen. Yeah, and no, no, Graham. That's that's all all kinds of wrong. I also like the name cracking one out. That sounds cracking one yeah, out. What the sounds, hell does that sounds mean? Sounds painful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that yeah. Does sound pretty good. I don't think he's doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Ow! Oh, time to do this. So I get fired. <laughs> and, and with that, we have come to the end of another. In enlightening episode of IGN Games Cube. We got to go get Panda for our our boy Greg Miller. Yeah. Twenty eight years old. Oh my god. Ancient. Twenty eight years young. Yeah, that's true. Hard to believe. Uh but thank you, Stephanie, for joining us. Thank you for having Hopefully me. Hopefully the first of many appearances. Thank you, Colin. Thank, thank you, you, Greg. Thank you, Jack. Yeah. My name is Damon. This is IGN Games Cube. And we're out. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.